Now here's the deal with Hannah and Abby, a conversation to bring the hope and light of Jesus into hard topics. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here's the Deal podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. Today, we have a couple wonderful guests. Um, Hannah and I's moms are with us. So we have Carol Moe and Jen Austin. Thank you so much for joining us. How are y'all doing? Doing well, thanks. Having a great day. Good. (laughs) So would you guys like to introduce yourselves so that people can know who you are? Sure. I'm Carol Moe, Abby's mom, and um, been working along some side of women's ministry for um, many years, just in many different aspects, but um, have uh, my husband, we've been married for almost 30 years, two kids, one's here, one's in New York, ducks, and hoping for a spring calf. <laughs> and yes. a golden doodle. And a golden <laughs> doodle. Can't forget Millie. Oh, yes. Can't forget Millie. Possibly 12 puppies expected in about Ooh. two and a half weeks. Yeah. Nice. Yay. I will remember once they start coming. It's an exciting time. <laughs> yeah. Might get caught off guard there. <laughs> oh, there they are. <laughs> well, she's still like, I mean, she's filled out a little bit, but uh-huh. she's still not huge. So yeah. it is kind of a, they mostly develop within the last week. So that's exciting. That's yeah. so exciting. So exciting. Yeah. My <laughs> husband's a little worried on where she might have puppies, but I keep thinking, you know, We'll deal with that when that time comes. Right. Not even going to worry about it right now. Yeah. And I'm Jennifer Austin. I am Hannah's mom. I've been married for six years. I have five kids and a wannabe farm. So I've got like pigs, pigs, ducks, turkeys, (laughs) Uh cats, dogs. On one acre. Rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's so fun. All right. Well, today we are going to... um, kind of continue the conversation we started with James a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. on um, a woman's role um, biblically and what it means to be a biblical woman um, and that, you know, a woman's value is in is in the Lord overall. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Hannah, you want to start us off? (laughs) Sure. Um, So back when we had uh, Dr. James Runcorn on here with us, um, we were talking about courage and being bold in your faith. And I think it is really important for us to be making sure that we are stepping out in faith when the Lord is pressing something on us. Um, And this month's theme is connection. And um, our whole point of like picking a theme for the month is to be intentional about it and seeking that out. Um, So Back when we had this conversation before, we were intentionally seeking out having courage in our faith to step out and share our faith, right? And now we're wanting to talk about making those connections with people and also just going back to what it means to to be a woman of God and just sharing your faith and sharing the gospel because I think sometimes it's easy for people to get wrapped up into when it comes to quote unquote sharing your faith, making it about yourself mm-hmm. when it's it's not about us, it's about sharing the good news. It's about sharing God and what what he is doing in our lives. So ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is so important because we look at um our place as far as biblical women. And when when Jesus called the disciples, he said, come. They dropped everything and they went. Mm-hmm. And then we look at when we feel something and we feel God leading us to do something, are we having 
a little bit of faith that, yes, we, we have faith in the Lord, but are we acting on it to where it's active faith, to where if we feel something, just like you said, we're stepping out, we're making that opportunity to talk to that person. A lot of people right now just want to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I think as a Christian woman or man, um, either way, that we need to be looking for, um, is there somebody who is sitting alone? The cashier at Brolum's, you know, did she get a new haircut? comment on it. Mm -hmm. You know, people like to be seen, they like to be noticed. And that starts building, as you say, connections, I look at as relationships, same thing. But you know, it starts building the relationships knowing that, okay, if I am looking around me to see the people in need, the people that maybe I'm just friendly to that are doing great, then I'm building relationships if I'm noticing. But if Mm -hmm. I'm staying in my own little cocoon with just, you know, focal vision and not looking side by side, then I'm not noticing those that are hurting or the woman at church that might have lost her husband that you think, wow, it's fall. Okay, does she need a hand with something? Mm -hmm. So I think that just really makes a difference and those opportunities um, to witness. I think it's really important to notice those that are around you. I know that I've uh, really been praying about reaching out to other people and I'm more introverted. So like when we're in church, I would be the one that like when the pastor's like, go say hi to everyone. I'm like, uh, (laughs) I'm going to look at my Bible. You know, like I just I'm not very comfortable doing that. And I've been praying that God would give me a love for people over the last several years. And I feel like that's helped me to be able to turn around and say, hey, have I met you before? My name's Jen, or just Mm -hmm. to reach out to other people, because it's really important. Like you said, people want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think, you know, similarly to what we talked about with James is just, you know, like what you mentioned with the disciples following God's call for what we are, you know, meant to do and what he intends us to do. Um, and not letting, you know, if it, if it is our, you know, introverted personalities praying that the Lord gives us that courage. And if it's, you know, cultural (laughs) norms, still following what the Lord leads us to rather than what culture says, because ultimately the Lord it by far beats out culture, <laughs> um, and and listening to that over over what society tells us we should be or what we should do. Well, and also, are we being bold? Mm-hmm. Like, I think for me, it's very hard because I know that especially God wants us to to share the gospel. He wants that, mm-hmm. and so if you ask God to bring somebody into your life, He's gonna do that. Like he is going to do that. And for me, I was always scared to do that Mm -hmm. because I didn't know if I was going to mess up, if I was going to say the right thing. Like this is this is a big deal. Right. But also taking off the pressure of like, you know what, even if that person doesn't respond in the way that I want them to respond, do am I do I have a lack of faith in God to be able to use that seed that I just planted? Because no matter what, the gospel was just shared, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether whether that person chooses to receive Christ or not, that's not up to me. I know that I did my part in sharing the gospel in the first place. And I really want us to be able to, to be an encouragement to people to share the gospel and, and to not hide because other people look down or because we're nervous or shy, right? Just kind of like how how you were saying, mom, that, you know, like being an introvert, it's hard to step out. It's hard. It's scary when you're in service and they'd say, um, 
go ahead and greet somebody and it's like I'm gonna look for a pen right now because I need to take notes you know like you do everything you can (laughs) to like not make connections with people but we should be stepping out and and looking for ways that we can connect with Mm -hmm. people and not be shy whether you are whether you're male or female right not to be shy but to actually step out and know that the Lord is truly Mm -hmm. calling you to speak to somebody Right, and even if you get a negative response. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at talking to somebody, and I've never regretted saying something to somebody about the Lord. Mm -hmm. I have regretted not saying something, but um, lost a dear friend over it on did not like what I had to say, but I thought it's it's the one shot out there, and it's the truth. We need to be speaking the truth. And, And sometimes that'll happen, and then other times there's a person that I was meeting with for months and then just disappeared off the radar. And I thought, okay, totally lost interest. Then I get a note, you know, six, eight months later, thank you for your part, I'm back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, so we also don't know, even if somebody reacts negatively, that what are we, what what seed is the Lord planting? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how he is gonna use that, because sometimes, you know, we're just a vessel, well, we're always just a vessel, but, you know, we're just a way for God to be putting that seed in that that person's life, and we may never see what happens with it. Mm -hmm. But we also know, which I have a lot of um, gratitude for, that that's above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. So we are only to share the gospel, and what God does with it after that, Mm-hmm. is is up to him. Mm-hmm. Well, and Hannah and I were talking about that earlier today on you know sometimes you know friendships can be lost there is still, you know, I guess you could say risk. Um but it's t- it's so worth it and you know it's so important to build a relationship to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, not just go in someone's face necessarily and say you need to know about Jesus because you're a sinner. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it's so important to take the time um and you know be praying that the Lord guides you to share at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um to have that relationship first. And I think that can go a long ways and they might not respond positively still. Um, but you know, I've been in multiple situations that I've been able to share the gospel with people that totally hate church, hate the Bible, all of these things, but we had a relationship and they knew that I still loved them. And, you know, even if they didn't agree with what I said, we were still friends afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that at least planted a seed for hopefully someday another seed can be planted or another person can be placed in their life. Um, and I think that this can tie into biblical womanhood on that our value is in the Lord. Um, we are a child of God ultimately, and as child, children of God, we're called to share the gospel. We're, share, we're called to, you know, go out in faith and step out in faith, no matter <laughs> what our gender is. Um, and I think that that is so important to not, not let societal um, norms or tendencies to be like, oh, well, maybe that's not my place to go share the gospel with that person, but to know the Lord's put this person in my life, I'm going to go tell them about Jesus mm-hmm. and, you know, pray that he He works wonders in it. Well, and what comes to my mind is it's, it's a very simple phrase that people, people use, but it's faith like a child. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is that I... A verse, I, I don't remember where it is, but it's <laughs> I think it's in Timothy where it's um, don't let anyone look down on you for your youth. Um, and I don't know the rest of it by heart. <laughs> um, but I specifically remembered that part because I remember being being a kid and everybody like, you know, I felt like people were looking down on me all the time. And it's like, 
even us now shouldn't be looking down on children. We should be encouraging children to share the light. First Timothy 4.12. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> um, but also, like, I believe it's your testimony, Mom, when you came to know Christ, you you weren't you weren't far off right you were you no, were a that, little kid was and six. it was you were six and it's having that faith like a child and not losing that you know we talked about in one of our first episodes um about uh the song this little light of mine right yeah. and it's like how passionate children are about things if you listen to a kid talk about something they are passionate about like Every like there could be an explosion behind them and they are just still like making eye contact with you and talking about the thing that they are just so passionate about. And it's like we should be so focused on God and passionate about him that it's like having that faith like a child of just having this overwhelming amount of joy and excitement about something and not let not worry about when people are looking down on you. Like if they think that you're crazy, so be it. We're crazy for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and we're supposed to show joy yes. because we have the hope in Christ. Whereas, you know, if people look at us and we're just somber and not excited about Christ, they're thinking, okay, why? Mm-hmm. What, why should I be interested in that? But when you have the joy, you have excitement. And then the more, ex- more you share, I think, at least for me, the more excited and passionate I, I become about sharing about Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with having a – with the women – we need to be lifting each other up as well as far as um, encouraging and lifting up and supporting because it is so important for women to be able to know that, okay, if I am sharing Christ or I am teaching a Bible study or I am doing this, I have women around me that will support me and encourage me, not judge or condemn. Mm -hmm. And that's just... And that's something that, you know, Hannah and I wanted to bring up today is Women can, and I, I mean, I think everybody can, mm-hmm. but you often see women tearing down women for anything, you know, stay-at-home mom versus working mom, you know, all these all these different things when, as Christians, we're called to lift up other Christians, you know, even just taking away the fact of being a woman, we're called to lift up other Christians, and as Christians, we're also called to speak joy into other people that are not Christians, mm-hmm. um, and there's so much in this world of, you know... Christians can nag at each other and all these things. And we're not perfect by any means, but supporting one another and loving one another and encouraging one another in your calling. We all have different callings. Um, and, you know, even the, the the things of stay-at-home mom versus working mom, whatever is best for that specific family is what is best for them. And who are we to judge? You know, who are we to judge another person's calling that the Lord's put on their heart? And it's so important that if someone is called to teach, to encourage them and lift them up in that and pray for them that the Lord guides them in that. If they're called to write, you know, lift them up in that, whatever it might be, instead of seeing all this tearing of each other down. And I think you nailed it by what is your calling? Because I was receiving, um, being that I do teach women's Bible studies and different things, um, I was receiving these notes and they're really spread out right now in the Christian community on, okay, here's a list of teachers. They teach heresy. Watch out. False teachers. Some on the list I agree with, but then other ones, I had people mailing me information, emailing me on, okay, this woman is teaching heresy, and I would say, can you send me something she said? 
get back. Another source says she's teaching heresy. I go back and forth. And finally, I realized that there's a lot of things being passed around that is condemning, but the heresy is that because she might have instructed a man. And I thought that really got me questioning because I there was a um, couple of things I was questioning about the same time. There was a Bible study that I was asked to teach that is mainly senior men and a couple women. And so I'm getting that at the same time as I'm hearing condemnation for women that if they can't obey the one scripture in Timothy, then they don't know the Bible and they're not teaching the Bible correctly. And so I'm starting to look at that on what have I learned and what have I heard from from different upbringings in churches. And, and really the different views were women can't teach men in church, women can't teach doctrine, women can't teach from the pulpit, women can't teach on Sunday, but they can speak on, say, a Thursday, which really confused me because I didn't know what the difference was between speaking and teaching and preaching. And um, then some have taught that women simply can't teach men, and women need to stay quiet regarding biblical teachings unless they're teaching children in Sunday school. And then the biggest one was um, there were some that were teaching men cannot learn from women. And, um, you know, it's not saying that women have to go out there and, you know, boom, we're going to take over the world. That's not it. But to me, looking at teaching a Bible study, I'm looking at knowing that this Bible study I was asked to teach because there's not there's not somebody else that is stepping in teaching it. They're desiring to learn about this pastor, this um, passage. And God had really put it on my heart to study that same passage. But then I'm thinking, okay, if I do, is there going to be a condemnation to where now it's heresy? And so that's really when I started looking at, at what that passage meant as far as, um, you know, what Paul was saying in Timothy on, okay, is this something that is, I am choosing a, a personal letter, and um, it doesn't say God, it's I. So Timothy is talking about certain people not not teaching. Mm-hmm. So then I started looking at the context, and I think with um, the different context, we really have to see in Scripture, we always look at who is God speaking to and what is God speaking about, mm-hmm. and there's contextual. Whereas if we're looking at the first person speaking in there, what is the context of that speaking, and is it set down in the foundations that women are to never teach men, or did it happen to be that in that time and place in Ephesus, there was so much going on, because we also see in the same passage on people spreading gossip and fornicator speaking, and there's so much in there, so are we looking at context? Mm-hmm. But um, that was just something that I came across because I was really, I, I've been really looking into this because I thought on one hand, um, doing this Bible study is something that I feel called to do because the Lord has put on my heart for this passage. On the other hand, am I going to be condemned because there's men in this Bible study for heresy? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, you know, it is, we need to absolutely take in cultural context because um, if we really want to, you know, look into all of those passages in, in Timothy, women should not be wearing braided hair. Um, yes. <laughs> Hannah would be out the door right I'd now. I'd be out the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it is the cultural context that we absolutely need to take into consideration. Um, and I think really just tying back to the Lord's calling, you know, not every woman is called to teach or instruct. Right. But if you are, then, you know, who are we to 
disregard what the Lord is calling us to do. Even, you know, looking at Deborah, we were talking about this with James. Mm-hmm. Um, she was called to be a judge. Right. If she was, you know, said, oh, no, I'm not going <laughs> to do that, God, because I'm a woman. The Lord had all these plans, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't Deborah. It's not because Deborah is so amazing. It's the Lord working through Deborah. Um and, and, you know, she followed the Lord's calling. And who are we to say, well, that was just one incident. That That's the one time that the Lord, you know, was going to let that happen. And it's, it is truly following your calling and not going out there to bring attention to yourself, right. not saying I'm going to do this because I can, but following what the Lord has for you because that's what he's intended for your life. And I think Deborah is a really good example because when we do look at her, we look at she was put in place by God. Mm-hmm. She was exactly. a judge. And um, some say there's a difference in this day and age on, well, a woman can be a judge because it is not biblical. It has to do with the judicial system. Well, with Deborah, there was a law of Moses. So there was no separation between the judicial system and biblical sense. So, you know, she was um, she was doing what God had her in place to do. She was looking over um, the military. She was settling disputes. She had, there was a song of celebration about her, and it was showing all, and even all throughout that was showing God's power through that. It wasn't about Deborah. We look at it because we look at, okay, she was such a, a good example to learn from, mm-hmm. excuse me, to learn from on how God used her. Um, but you look at those and then you look at other scriptures in the, the Bible on Priscilla and Aquila, you know, married couple, they worked in unison. And I think as I was looking at this, I was also looking at um, there's some distinctions in the Bible and we look at um, our, we look at the shepherd or the overseer. You know, so we look at Ty. Ty is the overseer of our church. Mm-hmm. And so Ty is responsible for everything about the church. He is there to equip us to go out the, through the Lord, obviously, but but for us to be equipped so we can go out and we can witness and we can evangelize. But, you know, when it comes to all the aspects, so I think that there needs to be that separation between, you know, maybe a woman who's teaching or a woman who's in a place of um, biblical leadership um, versus your head overseer of the entire church. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that, that is a distinction that I think sometimes is muddled when the subject comes up. Um, Carol, when you're talking a little bit about um, your calling specifically, um, a Bible verse that came to mind was from our reading this morning um, in Isaiah and it's Isaiah 12, uh, verse 2 through 3, and it's, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord is my strength and strong. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And I think that ties in perfectly because it's like, you know what? Even with Deborah, it's like she was called to something specific. And it's like, I think it's easy for people to be judgy of certain things, um, especially in our day and age, people are very judgy about certain things. And as we're we're following what the Lord is calling us to do, we need to be able to to know that, you know, it doesn't matter because we God He's the God who gives us salvation, right? <laughs> if not, like that's what salvation means, right? Mm-hmm. We don't save ourselves, God does. And knowing that, like, you know, even Deborah, Deborah. I'm pretty sure was also known for her love for people right. too. And so it's like 
even just her and of herself, she had the joy of the Lord. She was loving towards people. Like, those are things that we should be looking up mm-hmm. to and, and knowing that, you know what, even when God calls you into scary situations because there are scary situations that God calls us into, but knowing that, you know what, He's the God of my salvation and I will have joy in Him because I have hope in Him and I have hope with what He has for my future, right? right? And that's a promise that he is, He's given us, right? Especially in uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? I think a lot of people just quote that verse just because, oh, yeah, or I know the plans and thoughts that I have, blah, 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 blah. No, like when you actually look at that verse, like, and take that into like uh, applying it to your life, knowing the Lord does not think evil things towards me, right? The Lord has a future and a hope for me. And I, I bring up multiple times, one of my favorite Bible verses is Psalm 130 verse five, five. And it's, um, Whoa, I just had a blank. I say it all the time. Uh, it's, um, for I will, wow, I just had like the biggest blank. And this is like one of my life verses. <laughs> um, well, and while Hannah is looking that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's really important that, you know, it's tied back to that we are children of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and ultimately, male or female, we are children of God. Um First John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that as our identity and seeing our value in that we are children of God. Um, and, our, you know, our point when we're bringing up biblical womanhood and following callings, we're not saying that, oh, go do this just to make a point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're called to go do that, then that person is, you know, teaching or teaching Bible studies because that, the, that is what the Lord has put on their heart. And it's the Lord that is working through them. Um, and, you know, whether it's a male, whether it's a female, that person is a child of God that is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to do as Christians, no matter what our calling is, no matter how we're sharing the gospel, we're still called to share the gospel because we are children of God. Absolutely. And the verse, I, I don't know why I had a blank on it. It's probably because I'm trying to memorize other verses. And so I was about to read <laughs> Romans 3.23. Um, but it's, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I tell myself daily um, because we do get our hope from the word of God. Like, that is where our hope comes from. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you, if you talk to... Um, if you make connections with people in the church and you listen to testimonies and you listen to how people have come to know Christ or how they have trusted Christ, even in the most scariest situations, it always brings them back to they usually have something in the word of God that like stood out to them or something that they have clung on to. And like, that's why this is one of my favorite verses is because it's like, I am going to wait on the Lord because, one, it's also not in my timing. Mm -hmm. My life is not in my timing. It's in the Lord's timing. So I will wait on the Lord, and I'm going to hope in his word because it is filled with the promises and the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have such a beautiful picture here that God gives us because when we look from creation to revelation. So creation, God made the world perfect. And it wasn't that's that's you look at, okay, Adam and Eve, and many times we refer back to Eve after the fall. Mm-hmm. We don't refer to the way that God created 
Adam and Eve, and God's garden was a perfect garden. We look at that. So when we look at before sin, before the fall, you know, Genesis, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and he goes on and so on. And then in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So we look from Genesis, the perfect perfect picture of God's creation on what his intent was. We had the fall, but then we have all these chapters in between that God really shows for us women on the beauty and the love he has for us. He looks at, you know, in when he talked about uh, Miriam, and it was Moses, Aaron, and Miriam will lead you. And so he brings her in. He brings Deborah in. He brings Phoebe in. You know, there's all these ones that, that we've seen, and he shows the picture on how he's used women through the years. And it, it's a beautiful picture of his love for us. Then we get into Revelation, and in Revelation, we are to become kings and priests. Not, I am going to be a, a king or a priest of women. We are to become kings and priests. So it looks like, you know, as I'm studying, I I see, okay, we're unified. The fall happens. Things happen through that. But in the end, we're back to we're going to be kings and priests. And Mm -hmm. it's not divided. It's working together. And we see that a lot in Paul's writing to where as he was working with females, you know, they were servants, bond servants that were alongside of him. Mm-hmm. And they were working. One even served in jail with him. So, you know, you look at, at the picture that Paul gives us, and he's not giving us the picture of women. You know, he doesn't ask, why are women allowed to prophesy? Um, he doesn't ask these things. He's serving along them. But then when you get to the context of Timothy, it does look like a more of an independent cultural area of the time because women, if they're going to spread the gospel, have to speak. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't then all of a sudden later write a personal letter on how women are never allowed to speak to a man again mm-hmm. or in church or about the gospel or about doctrine, you know, however it wants to be interpreted. But, um, well, but and, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say it's just such a, a just a beautiful picture for, for us women on God's um, plan for us mm-hmm. and how he utilizes women. Yeah. Well, and when you look at, you know, Paul's letters and stuff, you know, even culturally in Corinth, there was the issue of, of temple prostitution. And that's probably a huge, you know, reason of saying, you know, women to not speak in church because they're trying to prevent that corruption. You know, it's not it's not saying that women aren't qualified to to share the gospel with people. It it it's really in the cultural sense preventing corruption in in what they were experiencing specifically. You know, you're right. And in in, ten, in Timothy, First um, Timothy five fourteen, it says, "Therefore, I desire that the younger widows may marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to adversely speak reproachfully, for some have already turned aside after Satan." And you see a lot in Timothy in six three. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, certain men not to teach false doctrine. So, and in Timothy 1, it talks about women, but there's also certain men that he is saying they shouldn't be teaching. And there's so many things in in Timothy 
that talks about, you know, the um, a lot of the churches were house churches, but it talks about the spreading and the gossip. And so it's, it's where these women that he is addressing, one, that were starting to be younger gossips and starting to go into these church homes with false doctrine. And he's saying, no, you need to just shut up and learn. Mm-hmm. And um, so contextually, there's so much in there that we really have to look at the whole passage. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I think, I think something to look at, especially because I think that in this day and age, women can be looked down on a lot. And it's easy for people to look down on women as if they're just children. When women also bring up the children. Um, Mom, you homeschooled five children. So how, how do you relate in this way of like whether people looked down on you and how you were able to lean on Christ to like come through? Um, well, first, what I wanted to say is that women, I feel like we do have a distinct, um, a different role in, yes. in a lot mm-hmm. of ways than men. And Absolutely. I think it's, it's so important. And during the years of the Bible, um, I know that sounds weird, but, um, <laughs> you know, women ha- were kind of looked down upon mm-hmm. and were considered like property, but Jesus brought value to mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when women were the first on the scene and and they they were the first on scene revealed and Jesus revealed himself to them like like they knew that 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 Jesus had risen mm-hmm. like i mean that is so amazing and if you look at um the women that are mentioned in the bible in the lineage of Jesus like that is so powerful if you look back on in the day and age that women would not be recognized at all. So Mm -hmm. Jesus brought great value to women. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think it's important to know that men and women have different distinct Mm -hmm. um, roles. And um, there are some people that get really mad about it. And like, you know, you get dogmatic men are all this and women are all that. But, you know, it's like it's a special role that Mm -hmm. he's given us. Mm -hmm. And I think we should embrace womanhood. Yeah. And um yeah, being a stay-at-home mom, I think that some people look at that as being lazy, like you really don't do anything. And um, all my life I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And like I'm an old lady now, and that's why I have all these animals so I can still <laughs> nurture because I just love nurturing. And um, I do love children. And um, people look down on it because I did not finish college. Um and actually going through homeschool, um, I have some learning issues. And so I I grew a lot by getting to homeschool my kids. And um, I just feel like that's such an incredible gift. And now that I'm older, like I really have a heart for young women to, to feel um, that they are, that Jesus is enough and mm-hmm. that they are seen and um, s- no, you're good. <laughs> um, well, and I love how you say, you know, absolutely, women have a bit, their very specific role and men have a very specific role. Um, and I love, you know, how you were specifically, Jesus gave them value. Right. And yes. that is where we should find a woman's value. You know, I think our society often, you know, does unfortunately look down upon women in certain ways when it's awesome that women are nurturing, right. that women can have children, that all these things that you know, women are specifically created to do and to be, um, is a really awesome thing that the Lord has, you know, gifted, gifted the world in that way. Um, 
and and that we are so valued and we can in whatever the Lord is calling us to right. do. If it's a home, being a homeschooled mom, right. you can share the gospel with other homeschooled right. moms. You know, right. having that courage and, and bravery and just confidence in the Lord and wherever the Lord has put you, you know, knowing that your value is in him and wanting to share that value with other people because the world sees value in such a corrupt way, Mm -hmm. you know, and we put such value in status and money and education and all these different things when it's who we are in Christ that gives us value. Right. And I think that's important for women to hear too, Mm -hmm. because there's so many that um, are raised thinking, okay, I will be complete when I am married or if I have children or whatever. And um, I had a a young woman that I was talking to that was surprised when I told her, Dave doesn't complete me. And she goes, what? And I said, no, he is my partner. He is alongside of me. I look up to him. I greatly respect him. But he is not who completes me. We have to be in Christ. And sometimes there's so much emphasis on a young woman on when are you getting married? This is your role that you need to do, or when are you going to have children, or even a little similar to you, coming from the professional world, quitting when I had my first child so I could stay home. It was really fascinating, and I wished I would have kept numbers on the difference of treatment I received when I had the professional financial brain to all of a sudden it must have become a mom-mush brain because Mm -hmm. I stayed home. And it's like, no, I still have the same brain. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have the same abilities. And, um, and, and if you choose to be a working mom, great. You know, we're not all called to do the same thing, but we really should look at each other on who are we in Christ because biblically, you know, God doesn't promise these little trinket toys to us. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't promise us to have an easy or a trouble-free life either. Mm-hmm. And what he does promise us is the hope of his salvation. Right. Well, and I think it's important too to to just bring it back that you know, we're not necessarily bringing up <laughs> the subject of biblical womanhood to say women need to be men. Right. You no, know, absolutely right. not. Like women should be women and be confident in being a woman. Right. And find the joy in in how the Lord has blessed us in that. Um, But ultimately, it is finding the confidence in following what the Lord has called you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing that, you know, if you you pray about it and are unsure, then seeking wisdom and discernment from the Lord and still following what he's called you to do, because ultimately that will bring joy into your life. And it's not going to be easy necessarily, Um, but the Lord puts us in different places and, and finding our value and confidence in him, not, okay, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to be this. It's the Lord is going to work through me and where he's put me. Well, and also knowing that embracing who God has designed you to be Mm -hmm. is also knowing where you come from. We are made in the image of God. We are all Imago Dei. And it is such an important role to pay attention to that God specifically says that we are made in the image of him because Do you think that he would look down on himself? Do you think he would want the worst for himself? Like he literally made us in his image and he has, he has designed everybody with a heart and purpose to do what they are meant to do. And 
embracing who God has designed you to be, you as an individual, you as yourself, who God has made you to be, you should be embracing that because God has made you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in his image. And if you have to tell yourself that every day, then do it because just always bringing yourself back to where's my identity? My identity is in Christ because I'm made in his image. That is my identity. I am Imago Dei. Right. First Peter 1, 18 through 19 says, Knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You know, and, and the val- like that in and of itself just shares the value that we have in Christ. You know, he didn't pay for our sins with just worldly things. He paid the ultimate price mm-hmm. so that we can be saved and we can have salvation with him in heaven for eternity. Um, and that's just, a, I mean... That shows you right there how much value that he sees in us, that he was willing um, to to give us that sacrifice and to give us that gift of salvation mm-hmm. when we didn't deserve it. But he loves us that much that, you know, he sees that much value in us. Right. And it's one of those that I really, we, we're thankful here because there's so many women that lift each other up and support each mm-hmm. other. Absolutely. And that's really yeah. what, what we're looking at because as women, we do have that different role but it comes back to what I or you are called to do, not what I think you are called to do, right. Right. but what you're actually called to do. And um, it's nice having that support, but it, it is nice spreading this so people know that, okay, women do need support. If, yes. mm-hmm. if I am called to do something, then I, my hope is those around me will encourage and mm-hmm. I can still learn because I, I'm a work in progress. I will always learn. Right. And, um, you know, I, it, we learn from as older women of the church. I really don't want to categorize myself that. I'm not ancient. <laughs> but um, we do learn from each other. So, you know, there might be people that glean something off of me as I might glean something off of you guys. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mean that you have to just be a certain age to be the one that people learn from because I think we're all learning. Mm-hmm. And we're all growing, which is what we should be doing. But it is nice to have that support. And we, we do have a lot of women at this church that, that do support others, which I'm so oh, thankful for. Yeah. Um, what comes to my mind is First Thessalonians 5.11, and this has been on my heart a lot lately, and it's therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. Mm-hmm. And that's such a good reminder that it's like we are also brought here to come alongside one yes. another in the body of Christ. We are to be comforting one another and lifting each other up and keeping each other accountable, mm-hmm. right? Um, I actually have a... it's. It's not necessarily a quote, but it's a question that I want us to just like ponder for a few minutes. Um, And if you guys have an answer, that'd be great. Um, But it's, um, why do some believers grow in Christ to become mature, well-balanced, fruitful Christians, while others spend much of their lives defeated, frustrated, and unproductive? I think that's That's growing closer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because if you have the desire, um, I know personally, that just the way my brain works and my learning works and my growth, if I am reading something that is just one piece of the scriptures, then I will learn some from it. But if I am seeing, okay, this scripture goes with this scripture over here that goes with this scripture over here, that all of a sudden is growing my excitement and is growing my enthusiasm. Yep. The Bible is alive, which we know it's a living document. And then you're, you're, you're learning, you're growing. And some people learn by just the one scripture. For me, it just brings it together. And the more I read, then the closer I feel to Christ. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's really, you know, when you ask that question, it's it's the closeness on are we growing, are we continually growing, or are we stagnant mm-hmm. on just right. knowing that um, – you know, I love devotions. I think they're great, and we learn so much from devotions. But it's your heart doing it, right? Because I think there's there's many that do their devotion, and their heart is looking at what can I learn, how can I grow, and then there's others that might be looking at their devotion as okay, I've checked off my ten minutes in the yep. morning. Right. Are you growing from that attitude of this is my ten minutes, I'm done? Right. You know, so it, it it's where your heart is and where your desires are. And well, are you being active in your yes. faith, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's the I, I like how it uses the word unproductive, and this just one made me think about bringing this up in our conversation today because we're talking about about connection with people. Are we being unproductive because we're just sitting on the sidelines reading our Bibles just to check off, or are we actually being active in our faith? Mm-hmm. Are we craving God's word so that we can go out and share it, so that we can get off? sitting on the couch and watching TV and, you know, text somebody, hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Hey, you know what? You've actually been on my heart. I just wanted to let you know that I'm here. I'm here to listen if you need anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, are we actually being productive in our faith? And are we doing what God has called us to do, which is to share the light and the hope Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ? Well, and having the selfless attitude while we do it. Right. Um, You know, in the Proverbs, um, in the daily reading today was Proverbs 15, 31 through 33, um, and it says, whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Wisdom's, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. You know, looking to continually learn about the word um, without the, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to check off my list to to, you know, talk to this person or whatever. It's having the mindset of, it's not me. It's the Lord giving him the glory. We can learn from him and we need to continually learn and, you know, take wisdom and know that we're, we are faulted. We're not perfect. Um, but to go out there giving Lord, the Lord the glory with others' needs ahead of ours. Mm-hmm. And how you read it could be a little different as well. Um, in the Bible study that we're doing right now, we're working on armor of God, but there's the passages. And I had heard another speaker, and I loved it when they said, okay, read the passage with looking at this point just for the attributes of God. Mm-hmm. So read it from that, not from, okay, I've read this, this means God's kind to me, I need to be kind to this person, but read it on what are the attributes of God. Yeah. And my challenge was um, for all of us to come up with at least 100 attributes of God. Mm-hmm. And as you read, it really takes the me, because there's still application that you're going to get. Right. So you're still mm-hmm. going to get that. But it really shows the love and God's grace and his mercy when you're specifically looking at, wow, okay, that's yet another attribute of God. That's another one. Mm-hmm. And then you're writing down and making this list. Mm-hmm. And it just, for, for many of us, it just enhanced learning so much more because we're looking specifically on, on okay, what is, what is God doing? And it was not hard to be finding mass amounts of attributes of God. I mean, it just, boom, they were just falling off the table. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a good way to, to look at it as far as looking at his glory versus I think sometimes the me comes in a little too much on what we read. What is this about me? Or we read a, pa- a passage of scripture. Um, you know, my favorite is when it says something about men of Israel, and then you ask somebody, who does it? Who are they talking about? And they said, well, us, of course. 
well, we're not men of Israel. I can <laughs> right. never be a man of Israel, ever. You know? <laughs> so really, we have to look at, you know, who's the, who's the scripture? Although we all glean off of this, mm-hmm. you know, there's passages that are written about different things. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one more thing is just, and it's something that we're actually going to be talking about in our next episode, which is we need to be kingdom-minded, mm-hmm. and we need to be looking at life with the lens of eternity on that's putting on Mm -hmm. the helmet of salvation and what that actually means is literally living out your daily life looking at ways how this is going to be in the end you should be you should be doing that Mm -hmm. and it 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 takes away that almost like pride of thinking that we have as much time as we want it's hey no you should be you should be getting out there you should be sharing the gospel you need to get going Mm -hmm. like if if you don't know christ but you say you're a christian Jesus could come back any moment, and you shouldn't be living as if he's coming back tomorrow. Yeah. You need to be living as if he's coming back any moment. Well, mm-hmm. there's always opportunity to share the gospel. I mean, mm-hmm. there's people come to your door in Idaho Falls. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. And so I, recently, I, we've had some people come to our door, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to use this as an opportunity. And I've been praying for these young men, and I've been sharing the gospel with them, and it's helping me to be able to articulate God's word Mm -hmm. and to share with them. And I listen, I listen respectfully. I want them, I mean, they're made in God's image. They're they're God's, they're, they're people. Um, and I've just been trying to be loving and sharing the gospel. And if they reject it, they reject it, but I'm praying for them. They're young and it's, it's, I've loved my time. Mm -hmm. I've really loved my time. And they're also coming back and they're asking to come back. And you you mentioned to me about how you were sending them with homework, and then they literally come back to talk to you about it. Yeah. And like that, that in of itself is like, what are you guys doing? Are you turning people away, or are you actually open to the conversation mm-hmm. about sharing the gospel with people? Well, and I don't think anybody should be turned away. I mean, it it can come to the point where they're like, uh, people are like rejecting God, and they're like, I don't want to hear it, and that's fine. But people are coming to your door, Mm -hmm. and how can you just turn them away? Mm -hmm. I think about Jesus and, like, just what he wants from us, and it's like he doesn't want us to turn anyone away. Mm -hmm. And whether it's the guy standing on the corner or it's the person coming up or it's the checkout lady, Mm -hmm. like, we have a responsibility, and I feel like the time is short, Mm -hmm. and we need to do it. Well, and I think that's such an important mindset that— you know, we need to obviously lift up other Christians, but we need to, it's a good reminder to value everybody else in this world and to not not reject them because we, you know, have a certain thought or a bias or anything like that, but to see everything as an opportunity and to develop that relationship. You know, it, I, that's awesome that, that these young men are, are coming back and that you've developed a relationship to have a continuous conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's just an awesome ex- example of how we should be living every day and finding opportunity and just loving people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you send them home with homework. Yeah, I will ask, <laughs> I'll say, have you heard of this? Um, can you search in the scripture, the, the Bible <laughs> scripture, can you find where that thought comes from? And they're like, well, I don't know right now, but I know it's in there. And, it, and sometimes they come in with a scripture that has nothing to do with it. And it does break my heart, but I just pray because mm-hmm. um, when you get these kids coming to young men, when they're coming to your door, that's the time when they're really questioning their own place. And I just I just keep praying because I know 
that if you really seek the Lord, Mm -hmm. he will open your heart. And I just pray for these young guys. Mm -hmm. And when I'm driving by and I see they're visiting other people, I just pray for them as well. So Mm -hmm. um, the opportunities there and and I don't want to squander that opportunity. No, and it's so important to see people for that we love people. We may not agree with what somebody's right. doing, and um, some have the thought that, oh, well, you really need to clean it up before you come into church. But as Christians, we know that it's not our job to tell somebody that their lifestyle is wrong, yeah. their preferences are wrong, whatever it is. It's our job to share the gospel, knowing that if God opens their heart, they can't be they can't change until the holy spirit comes in anyway Mm -hmm. so if god opens their heart and they become a believer then that's the holy spirit's job Mm -hmm. and it's just yet another thing that's above our pay grade that we don't have to worry about that because that's in the lord's hands Mm -hmm. we just need to do our job on planting seeds because we can't open the heart i wish i had that bit of wisdom when i was younger because when i was younger i was really dogmatic And I know that I hurt people with the stance that I took. And now that I'm older. (laughs) There's something about aging. Yeah, I've been through (laughs) life and I've been through really big hardships. And it's taken it down to what we need and it's grace. And we don't need people to, you know, come in their suits and their – come as you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus, he he came to me as I was. And and we're all the same, our – we're, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's one thing that I wish that I would have really understood as like even a young mom. Yes. Because I thought I had the whole world figured out. Oh, and we I have the whole world figured out when you're a young <laughs> right. mom. Right. Yeah. And then it's not until you get older that you think, wow, I really didn't. And then it's it's through, you know, the nice thing about aging is many of us have just done it wrong so many times that right. we that, that it's from experience that, yeah. that we've learned. And um, but that is the benefit. We wish we would have had that back then. But then without these experiences. Right. You know, you don't have the same same level of understanding and understanding somebody else's situation, where they're coming from. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining (laughs) us today. Um, For you listeners, we're just going to throw a challenge that. Even if you don't have the open opportunity this week to share the gospel, to be on the lookout for that. Um, And, you know, take it from Jen's example. If you see someone, just pray for them as you go by. Mm -hmm. Um, Prayer does wonders. Oh, no. I unplugged my headphones. (laughs) (laughs) Prayer does wonders, um, and the Lord works miracles, absolutely. Um, So be a prayer warrior for someone this week. um, And if you have the opportunity... Go ahead and, and, you know, trust in the Lord, be brave in his word, and Mm -hmm. and go ahead and share the gospel. But we have a fun question to end on today. (laughs) If you could live in any other country, which country would you choose? You go first, Jen. Any other country? (laughs) Anyone. Besides the United States. Yes. Any other country. I just wanted to make sure. (laughs) Um, We're not in the United States, Abby. (laughs) Idaho is its own little world. (laughs) It's kind of a bubble. (laughs) Um, Ireland. I think I've always wanted to go to Ireland. So green. That'd be so fun. That'd be pretty. Sheep. (laughs) You know, I don't know that I've ever heard. Like, that's such a fun country. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say Ireland before. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, when we hear Pastor Dave, he talks about 
just he's never met so many people that are so friendly. He right. talks about how he would a couple of different times him and Sylvia got out their maps to see where they were going to go. And people were like, no, 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 put that away, put that away. And they stop and take them. Oh, and I'm so just the, the friendliness so nice. and the beauty. Yeah. Oh, good spot. Hannah? Uh, Germany. No, yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we've got some some heritage. <laughs> and so um, I just, Germany is absolutely beautiful, and it's always been a dream for me to go. And I would just love to be able to go see all the castles and just, like, it's so beautiful, beautiful there. And so I would love to go there. That's so fun. Mom? You know, there's just so many wonderful places. But off the top of my head, I would have to say probably either Spain or Italy. Yeah. And I've always told my husband that when I go someday, he has to be with me because we may buy a house over there. <laughs> and now he that might not come back. yeah, now that there's enough genealogy in my um, kind of my mutt background, I did find just enough Italian in my background where I can legally buy property. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Yeah, you do have to be Italian. That's hilarious. That's so I did cool. not know that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just comes from so many different different places. Well, I would probably live in. Um, I mean, either Spain, I haven't looked a ton into Spain, or Costa Rica. Oh. I've been to Costa Rica, and it's beautiful, and the people are very friendly, and there's great coffee. So mm, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, fun, fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mom and Jennifer, so much for joining us. Um, yes. We really appreciate having you. Um, and thank you to our listeners for listening to another episode of Here's the Deal, and we will see you next week. There's the deal for this week's episode. Be sure to share with your friends and family. You can follow us at Here's the Deal Pod on Instagram. We would love to hear from you in a comment or review.